0: We acknowledge that this podcast is recorded on the unceded, ancestral, and occupied traditional territory of the Anishinaabe Nation, the people of the three fires known as Ojibwe, Odawa, and Potawatomi Nations. And further, we give thanks to the Chippewa of Saugeen and the Chippewa of Nawash, now known as the Saugeen Ojibwe Nation, who are the traditional keepers of this land. In some parts of Canada, treaties were signed with First Nations that gave incoming settlers rights to much of the land, while in other areas, few or no treaties were signed. Unceded land was never given or legally signed away to Britain or Canada. Instead, it was stolen and continues to be occupied and governed by settlers today. As we live, work, surf and play, We say mahalo to the Métis, Inuit, and Indigenous peoples of Turtle Island and from around the world who have stewarded these lands and sacred surf spots for thousands of years. We recognize their amazing resistance, resilience, and strength in the face of ongoing oppression, dispossession, colonial violence, and injustice. In particular, we wish for justice to be brought for the murdered and missing Indigenous women and girls from across our country. We believe that for true healing and harmony to occur, we must reflect and make serious changes while working together as we move forward in truth and reconciliation. We can be better, we can do better. Freshies, welcome to Permastoked. I'm your host, Derek Hyatt. In this podcast, we talk to your favorite surfers and stand-up paddleboarders from across the Great Lakes, Canada, the U.S., and beyond. We take a peek into their lives and find out what it means to be stoked. Is it a natural state of euphoria, elation, a relentless commitment? I also talk to other permastoked individuals with ties to surf culture, such as artists, entrepreneurs, filmmakers, musicians, philanthropists, yogis, and much more. Join us each Monday in learning from these field experts and enthusiasts while being inspired by their undying passion, insights, and rad tales. Permastoke is brought to you by Freshwater Surf Goods, your surf brand devoted to spreading the stoke across the unsalted seas and cultivating pride amongst the surf community. We do this by providing products and apparel that celebrate the awesomeness of both Great Lakes and Canadian surf culture. Stand out in the tribe by rocking our gear. Visit freshwatersurfgoods.com today. Or look for our products in a surf shop near you, such as Surf Sup Eco Shop in Concordon and Goderich, where you can also find me, Derek Hyatt, teaching surf, sup, and yoga. Would you like to try the fastest growing sport in North America? Right on, because Freshwater Surf has its own stand-up paddleboard school. We offer basic and advanced flatwater courses, SUP surfing and surfing lessons in groups, and both private and semi-private, along with tours, custom experiences, and SUP yoga in and around Owen Sound, Grey Bruce, and other parts of Southwestern Ontario. Have fun as you take your skills from OK to Killer with a Paddle Canada Certified Instructor. If you'd rather stay dry check out our great vibes yoga meditation and healing program aloha is a life force energy of loving and living in harmony with all my relations through movement mantra meditation and breath our classes reveal to seekers how to connect with their true self so they may spread great vibrations in the spirit of aloha throughout the global consciousness we use powerful yogic technologies and the Hawaiian art of Ho'oponopono to calm the nervous system and leave you feeling uplifted and in harmony with mind, body, and spirit. Enjoy community and a chill atmosphere filled with great vibes and sacred ancient teachings delivered with humor and integrity. In this episode, we talk to my friend and ally, Vancouver surfer and shaper, Alex Rosen. We talk about Rosen's Toronto heritage, his previous careers in both dance and martial arts, how he discovered surf on Canada's West Coast, learning to shape watching YouTube, the era of Shaper Studios, his love for animation, and finally, Rosen sprinkles some advice for all of you out there who are thinking of getting into shaping. And hey, before I let you guys go, I want to let you know that we are still running surf and surf retreats out of Kincardine in partnership with Surfs Up Eco Shop. They're wildly successful. We've been having a great time. I recommend if you want to get some sup and surf in before the end of the season and, and refine your skills and get some tips, check it out. Visit SurfSupEcoShop.com. Rosen, welcome to Permastoked, man. How you doing?
1: Man, I'm awesome. Thank you so much for having me. This is rad.
0: Right on. Great to hear. You've been a big supporter of the show since day one. I think even before day the one, show baby. came out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was Permastoked
1: way before. Way before. Right on.
0: You know, I had a meeting with a guy a couple weeks ago, and he was using the word perma-stoked as an adjective describing different surfers man that got me so <laughs> excited to to hear that i
1: like that too man that's great yeah, yeah good things are happening man good things are happening
0: i mean the word kind of existed before but i mean it wasn't yep. in you know full full blown usage or anything so if i can bring no. that to the mainstream then hey i've um, done my contribution make it perma.
1: Yeah. yeah yeah you've done it man it's permanent now
0: don't mind me i'm i'm drinking my uh budweiser Zero.
1: Ooh, good yeah lower that carb count girl excellent the, yeah i'm uh i'm drinking coffee and and water though hydro-
0: right on hydrated. the joys of alcohol without the stupid and yeah. only only 50 calories and i'm getting mm. that real budweiser taste so i can't go wrong nice. are you- <laughs> Are you sponsored now? <laughs> oh, yeah. Brought to you, by. No, actually, <laughs> no, that's actually something I need to explore. But, uh, no, I haven't yeah, been man. on the phone with Budweiser as of yet. Dude,
1: you got to get on it, man. You got to get
0: on it. People, Right on. People buy it. Yeah. So, hey, I'm, I'm looking at you there in uh, at Hidden Village Surfcraft Design. It's bringing nostalgic vibes to me
1: nice yeah sick welcome back welcome back to my little dust box man yeah, yeah. we miss you we miss you out west but i'm it's glad to hear that you're doing well out east dude
0: yeah it was only a matter of you know months or weeks ago there i was yeah, really in that shaping bay making that making that uh mini malibu yep
1: 100 man so stoked on that have you you haven't gotten to try that yet have you it's still, no in fact still it hasn't white. even
0: arrived yet my uh, uh, the moving twice, truck yeah. is the, yeah, the moving truck is supposed to be arriving on the twenty second so next Tuesday so Ooh, which it needs to get here soon man because the weather has turned and like I was out yeah. surfing in Concord a couple of weeks ago and no wetsuit I was out there last Saturday <clears throat> wow man the water it was like suddenly it's like glacier water like
1: oh that's crazy it turned yeah. so I
0: need that wetsuit I need my booties. Oh, 100% yeah I need that oh, gear.
1: Man. yeah yeah, man i got that low blood circulation too so like anytime that i hear cold water i just like shiver right away you know i'm i'm like a booties guy almost all year round but yeah yeah
0: so yeah, hey yeah. you've been hitting that west coast surf lately or what
1: Yeah. I mean, like ever since like the COVID okay kind of happened on June 1st, I like, I don't get to go back as often as I'd like to, but um, you know, I try to call the community up and like friends and stuff like that. So, or like, you know, like book that campsite and whatnot. And I, you know, I I've been getting wet. I've been I've been getting salty. So it, it's been good. But like, it's it's also summertime for me. Is more of like a production time. Like mm. I love longboarding. I love you know the tiny little waves. But sometimes like I can give it or take it. And. We're getting to that point right now, like September is like starting to rear some swell up and whatnot. So this is, this is my go time right now. Yeah. So I'm hoping to make more, make more moves and hopefully COVID still kind of stays like pretty chill and, you know, I can continue going to the island as much as I want to. Yeah.
0: So, I mean, I haven't really been listening to the news, but when I was in Vancouver, I mean, we were you know, COVID was a thing, but we were kind of looking at the rest of the world going, hey, we got it pretty good here. I've sort of heard yeah. there's been a bit of a switch. What's that all about? Yeah, dude, the
1: young... I mean, I'm not going to say it's all the young kids, but, like, really, it's there. You you can see it. it's It's happening. More cases wow. are coming around, and it's it is a shame. I think, honestly, like, it was semi-to-be-expected with the opening of everything. Like, all of a sudden, we went from, like, just, like you know, lockdown to then like, everybody's like allowed to poke their heads out to them. Like, I remember one day, like it was shortly after you left, like I was walking up main street and like, I hadn't been like walking up like super, like, you know, the main main streets, like all that much, like always side streets. And then I just started to notice like so many people in patios and like, literally it was only like 10 people on a patio, but yeah. I was like, damn. And then <laughs> and, like, and like, you know, it's it, it started to build and like I think like this was inevitable. Like, you know, I, I try to keep myself just like to my small bubble and whatnot. Like I'm I'm a pretty good COVID dad. Like I'm I'm pretty on it. I'm pretty strict with myself and yeah. and uh I think like you know, like it it it's happening, you know, we're gonna see what happens throughout like the the fall and winter season and yeah, I know, you know, like I, I still trust Dr. Bonnie Henry, you know, she's my girl. I'm really stoked on, like, everything that's happening there. And, you know, I think, like, the rest of, like, Canada's still doing pretty good, which is awesome. We haven't had many deaths here, and I think that's been the biggest thing so far is that, like, kind of, like, riding out this, like, yes, people are, you know, contacting the virus. and like, you know, like, there are some people who are contagious and whatnot, but the death toll has gone down a lot. And I think, like, that's still, like, for the, I guess, the reason why things are okay-ish.
0: Man, who would have known Dr. Bonnie Henry? Like she's become like such an icon.
1: Dude, totally, man. No, I love it. You like walk down the street, you see like murals of her and stuff like that. <laughs> There's like memes going on all over the place. Yeah, but I mean, like she did a good job, and she's still doing a good job. Yeah. So, like, yeah, big ups. Like, that's who we should be putting our focuses on. Like, the people who are handling the
0: situation and yeah. controlling the she situation. She kept her well. cool. She kept us. Cool. Oh yeah,
1: totally, man. And she looked stylish while doing it too. So that was really tight, you know. <laughs>
0: yeah, rocking those, yeah, like a- rocking those bangs.
1: Yeah, rocking those bangs, the flu blogs and stuff like that. You got a sponsorship through it. See, so, you know, all you gotta do is just rock the things and yeah. you're okay. So Budweiser's coming your way. <laughs>
0: Sponsored by First Choice Haircuts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, hey, when I was surfing in Tofino last, like a couple months ago, yep. I remember yep. when I was getting on the ferry, they asked me the question um, yep. Are you a resident? And now, I didn't know if that question was asking me, am I a resident of BC or am I a resident of the island? And so I said, I went with, yes, I'm a resident because I was afraid of what would happen if I said I wasn't. But, uh, you know, as much as they were given the green light to go to Vancouver Island, I didn't feel it when I went on that ferry. I still felt the caution in the wind.
1: Yeah, we still got the caution to win like master mandatory. Um, you gotta stay in your cars like this time around, which wasn't a thing. Oh, sorry, I got some notifications coming through. <laughs> Busy guy. No problem. Um, but uh I uh I um you know, like there, there still is that caution out there and they're not asking like, are you residency? But like, do you feel like, have you had symptoms before? Like, you know, like this and that and whatnot. So, I mean, like people still got to go to the island, you know, like things still got to move on technically. And uh, yeah, like it's, you, you you feel it, you feel it, you know, there's caution out in the wind, but like, there's, there's kind of like this like mandatory, like guidelines that you have to follow and like luckily like i noticed that the general populace has been pretty good with this stuff and especially considering looking at like cases on the island there's been very few which is good it's all here like in like the the downtown vancouver scene and stuff like that so i think like that's all good you know like it's 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 been good and things are okay and people are still doing okay
0: yeah i mean the island they'll, they'll get pissed if you uh oh yeah you know, the mainlanders yeah. start bringing it over
1: yeah 100 percent. and it's also like i think too it's just like you know what the resources that they have and stuff like that too Absolutely. that's why there's like yeah. concern like you gotta you gotta pay attention to that and like once again this is going back to the conversation this is why i'm not surfing that much and like in September, or like in later on like when the fall swell starts to hit and the winter swell starts to come in you know if there's still like serious guidelines like i'm gonna follow those serious guidelines you know respect to the community
0: right on man the responsible Mm -hmm. surfer
1: yeah you gotta be man gotta
0: be so hey uh has covid you know influenced your designs at all
1: yeah man 100% dude like This was like one of the first times where I just like took a chance on myself and was like, screw it. I'm just going to make a bunch of styles of boards. Like I already had like the quiver like idea down, but then I was like, okay, how do I want to show myself in like really cool, funky, flary ways? And like that, that's actually been really good. So like, honestly, like that whole March to July sequence there allowed me to like put my, you know, put my style out. And I think a lot of people dug that and like, I've I've seen a little bit of popularity since then because of it. So yeah,
0: pretty stoked. Pretty stoked. Right on.
1: Perma stoked.
0: Yeah. Right on your perma stoked. Hey, I just came up with <laughs> an idea. Not sure if it's a million dollar idea or it could be a tuny idea. What about a COVID safe board? You put magnets in the rails, and then in other boards, you put you know the repelling side of the magnet.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. If you want to do that, six yeah, yeah, six feet, yeah, yeah, totally. Like, if you want to design the weight characteristics, okay. If you like, if you got the time for that, but ain't no way I'm hand shaping something like that. That's yeah, sure. okay. But that's funny though. I like that though. Like, it'll also prevent the dropping. You know, like some dude will try to drop you in, and then you could just bump them off the wave and stuff. That's yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah, it's like, you those, have to do, like
1: the hey, you no, know, yeah.
0: It's like those dog collars, you know, that you don't see the, the perimeter. Collar. Yeah, the shock collar, kind of like that, starts to give them a warning. And yeah, yeah, maybe it should shock them as well. That'd be cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: crazy Dude, so, ideas, crazy ideas.
0: So I'm talking to Alex Rosen here, in case the people don't know. But but you don't use that, Alex. You 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 go by Rosen.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I, I like it when my mom calls me Alexander and stuff. And like my siblings call me like Al or Alex, but like, that was the thing like back in the day, like, like, I mean, like when I was growing up, I was surrounded by Alex's like all over the place. Like you couldn't go in a room and someone would be like Alex and like four dudes would just be like, and like three girls would be like, what? And then like, yeah, you know, all of a sudden true. people, my close friends started to call me Al. And like, at that point in time I was like, whoa, line crossed. Like I was like, yeah. probably like, eight or nine and like everybody was calling me Al and like the only Al I knew was like Al Bundy like you know like the TV like character and stuff and I was yeah. like hell no this is not my thing and then I just got lucky too that like because I grew up with so many Alex's like all my teachers like from like grade one to grade six would just like refer to me as Rosen like a lot of times nice. and so like just, like, when I was a kid, like, that stuck. Like, you know, like, kids were throwing out, like, last names, like, nobody's business. And, like, I still have friends, like, that, like, you know, they have a way cooler first name, but we still use their last name just because that was, like, the thing. But, yeah, I throw it out a lot into introductions. And, like, when I, like, meet someone, I just, like, I just don't use Alex that much, you know? Like kind of like, works as, as it a could Rosen.
0: be a first name, you know? Like you Yeah, know, like you know? Yeah. Parents, yeah. Yeah. So, I, I got to like, admit... When you said Al, and then you referenced Al Bundy, I was yeah. at the same time I was thinking about Al Borland. Sure,
1: yeah, okay, from cool.
0: From yeah. me, yeah, and I'm thinking, yeah, that yeah, yeah, yeah for not, sure. You do not look like an Al. You have no Al mm-hmm. vibes at Mm-mm. all.
1: I don't know. He was a pretty cheery guy. He was like pretty klutzy, but like he was a super cheery guy. But yeah, I got no, I got no Al vibes. You know, like I never had that. Like Al, if I was Al, I would have lived like you know, like. I don't know, like I would have lived a different life, you know, I would have had a, I would have had a different, different background, a different past, but no, No, I'm a Rosen, uh... I feel like a Rosen, I act like a Rosen, I like Rosen, that's good.
0: So, you know, did the kids make fun of you somehow, like rose and raisin or, you know?
1: Yeah, so that's the, it actually means raisin in like, so like I'm Estonian and it means raisin in like that dialect. So, I mean, like I told kids that and like some kids are like, oh, raisin and like, even like my brother-in-law like sometimes like calls me like raising the dead because like i think <laughs> it's hilarious but like i don't mind like i think it's funny like that's i take it. cool
0: yeah. No, i
1: yeah i mean like a lot of my like really good friends and like my partner like i most people call me rose or rosie all the time too and for some reason why i still like i just identify with ah. it, like, I think it a lot like you know like when someone's like yo rose i'm like oh hey that's me i like that like yeah know, those, those are, cool are cool options yeah. i
0: like rose that's yeah they're good you know well, yeah. Yeah. yeah
1: i would. The only time like, I ever got called out on it was when I was in Australia. Someone was like, Rose, but that's a girl's name. And I was like, who cares, man? It's awesome. Yeah. I love it. Oh, well. you
0: know? hey. yeah,
1: exactly.
0: Rocking a pink board and
1: uh, yeah, rocking yeah, Rose. Who cares? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, it's yeah. 2021, it people. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: 100%. I had a really cool teacher. His name was Joe Rosen. I think he was my favorite oh. college professor But uh, his last name was spelled with an E, Rosen, and Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure that's Mm -hmm. a pretty popular Jewish last name, is it not?
1: That is. Yeah, definitely. When I grew up in Toronto, um, I I met a lot of other Rosens, but they were all E because like in kind of like north of where I lived, like up in Forest Hill, there was like a lot of like the jewish community was pretty big there so yeah i met i met a bunch of rosen rosenbergs all that stuff so, oh, okay yeah there was other ones but your ones, but yeah i'm an eye baby yeah yeah yeah, Yours yeah. Is like a, it's estonian like
0: estonian heritage wow estonian okay. heritage
1: cool. yeah yeah
0: wow i feel like uh that almost sounds made up estonia it reminds me of um the movie encino man i feel like Oh, yeah, he was supposed (laughs) to be from Estonia, actually. (laughs) No,
1: Estonia is like Estonia. Estonia. Yeah, no, Estonia has got a pretty crazy little history and stuff. Like, I, you know, like, don't quote me on it or anything, but like, you know, like they they they're going through like a lot of really cool things right now. Like uh, they're like kind of like some of the leading people on Bitcoin and like cryptocurrencies and stuff like that right now. Um I mean, I don't really know. Oh wow,
0: yeah, coming. I have no idea. Yeah, what I'm gonna go about. back. <laughs> I'm gonna,
1: I'm gonna go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, there you go. There
0: you yeah. go. Oh, cool, but man. It's,
1: you know, it's a great place. It's a great
0: place. Yeah. Right on, right on. So, hey, you're in Vancouver, but you mentioned Toronto. So, I mean, how did you yep.
1: grow up, man? How did I grow up, man? Yeah. Um, uh, so I'm from like Toronto proper. Uh, my parents had me when they were pretty young. Uh, I'm the oldest of four. Uh, I, uh, you know, I got into a lot of really cool things when I was young and, uh, my mom was really, actually both my parents are really into the arts a lot. So, uh, I was raised as a a trained dancer until I was Uh like in my early twenties and stuff. So I started like my first career ever as like a professional dancer slash dance teacher. And I was classically trained in like ballet and contemporary, and then like I, oh, yeah i did a talking, whole bunch of like, other stuff
0: uh, we're talking like you know fancy rich people stuff no oh yeah 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 totally uh, man
1: yeah yeah no i mean hip-hop. i was i was in the hip-hop stuff but like yeah no it was when i was a kid it was like the the classically stuff was like i don't know like that was like really big like especially like as like a as a boy well like the first class i ever took was tap dancing because like that's what i wanted to do oh, nice. my mom Yeah. My mom took me to a lot of shows when I was young, like and my siblings as well. Like that was like one of her big pastimes was like theater performance and whatnot. So she, uh, she took us to a show and I think like, I just like, I was probably like six years old and I was like, I want to tap dance, And it was like, my mom was like, your life is like sealed. Like your fate has been sealed. (laughs) You will forever be a dancer now. And so she kind of like pushed me on that route, but like You know, like, the cool thing, like, you know, like, dance classes, like, especially for, like, you know, a kid at my age and, like, my parents, like, dance classes are expensive as all hell, and, like, it was really difficult for my parents to support that, but luckily... I caught on pretty quick that Mm -hmm. like the schools that I went to were like, Oh man, we need more boy dancers. So like if we could like put him into like our school company and then he could take a bunch of classes for free. And like, you know, like, and my mom would be like, yeah, just take my boy. Like it's like, I have too many freaking kids right now. Like I need someone to take care of someone. So like that preoccupied a lot of my time. And you know, I wasn't really, academically all there when I was a child. Like, you know, I had some learning disabilities and stuff. And so the dancing route just kept on going and I went to high school for it and like, yeah, yeah. Did you go to those
0: like art schools in Toronto?
1: Yeah, yeah. I went to one called the Topico School of the Arts. It's uh, a pretty great place, man. Yeah, I got to like really like learn how to like, you know, like express myself artistically and creatively there and stuff. Uh, Really cool establishment, like met a lot of amazing, cool people that like still have really great careers in the art too, which is sweet. And, uh, you know, like that's like kind of like where all my surfing feel came up to and stuff like that. Like a lot of that, like dancing and the movement and like that vibe like it led to like a martial arts career for a while and that then led into surfing and the whole idea behind like movement has always been my thing you know mm. like i really like adapting to situations creatively like you know feeling like these awesome like processes of movement and then like when i started to like find like the wave which is like this like untamable amazing force of like nature and yeah. stuff like that and yeah, then like with the how ocean. you can take yeah. And then how you can take a surfboard and then like take your body and react to it in such a different way to be able to move in such different ways. And then I was like, Oh damn, like this is where it's all coming together. And um, yeah, and like, when you do like, the
0: cross step on a longboard, it's kind of like line dancing.
1: Yeah. Yeah, totally, man. And like, so that's also a thing too. Like it's, <laughs> all this dancing stuff and whatnot, like going back to all that stuff has actually helped me so much with my surfing because you pay attention to techniques, right? Like, mm-hmm. and so like a lot of people would be like, okay, cross stepping, like, clearly I have to like step across my body. And it's like, no, man, like when you're longboarding, you should already have like more of a parallel stance, you know, like you shouldn't be like, kind of like ducked feet, like a snowboard or like, kind of like a skateboard where you like your shoulders are kind of like, you know, like just like what is that? Like, I guess, like just like the different axis of like where the board is, like you want to be like turning your body forward. And when you cross step, it's more like actually walking than like fully cross cross stepping. You okay. know? Like, it's And so like that, like all that movement stuff helped me a lot more with surfing where I was like, oh, I can actually pick these up a little bit easier rather than like fumbling and slipping on ways. I mean, I'm still like not an amazing surfer or anything, but like, you know, like it's, it's helped me. It's helped a lot of this, yeah. like guide me through all the surfing techniques and stuff.
0: When I see pictures of you on a longboard, you kind of have that like wing nut weaver look. Like you're kind of <laughs> standing tall and kind of yeah. bent back yeah. like a hood ornament a little bit, rather than yeah, the, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, down real low. Yeah, I'm like working
1: on like more of like like a power stance, but like yeah, I'm like all that. I like I like to log a lot more. Like that's like my thing. Like longboarding and mid lengths and stuff. And like, you know, I'm a pretty tall dude, like I'm six foot four, yeah. I'm like I'm basically all limbs, you know, and stuff. So it's like, for me, that's kind of like how I've been able to like accent my surfing is by using my height and then using mm. my like, my flexibility to help bend. But like, yeah, a lot more lately now too. a lot of my surfing's like focusing on staying a lot lower, like trying to use my flexibility and like keep like low so I could keep like my drive going a little bit more forward and i can also like you know like just trim and plane a little bit different and stuff too like beat sections if i have to Yeah, yeah yeah but i I like that, I like that, like, stall, tall, like, storky stance, basically. Yeah. It can be, look, it can look pretty dorky and pretty bad sometimes, like, I got photo proof of it, but, like, yeah. it can also look really good in a lot of moments as no, well. No, I like it.
0: I think I like it because I can identify with it, like, you know, it's, yeah. it's hard to get low. I'm four two, too, so I like that.
1: Exactly, yeah. And, like, you know, it's not easy, like, to even, like, learn that, like, flexibility of the time while you're, like, moving on a board, too, so, like, you know, all that practice, like over the years, has really helped me now. So, like now, I'm a lot more low, a lot more flat-footed when I'm low, too, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. it's important. Yeah, you got to get both, man. You got to get both. You got to look. You got to got to feel good standing up. You got to feel good standing low and stuff. And staying low is what I'm say. Yep.
0: Yeah, got to be got to be well-rounded. So, hey, going back yeah. to the dance stuff, what was your sure. what was your first kind of jobs back through Ooh. dancing? I mean, were you up yeah. there with Britney Spears and the Tigers or what?
1: Nah, yeah, I wish. But <laughs> the Tigers, <next. laughs> uh, no, like uh, you know, like so when I started dancing, it was like with companies and stuff. So like. With a company, you basically get like a small salary and stuff like that. You like rehearse, practice, and perform. And like those companies will like take you to different places. They'll get different grants to be able to put on different shows to showcase stuff. So that was one of the first, like just out of high school. And I also uh, got a job performing at like a hotel in Mexico, like one of those all inclusive hotels. Oh, that wow. was like. I was a nightmare situation. I was 18 years old, didn't know what I was getting into. Like, I was like, yeah, I'm a professional dancer. This is what we do. And they're like, sick. We are all about jazz and tight ass spandex and like hella face paint. And I was like, no, (laughs) oh no. (laughs) But anyways, that was a good job. And uh, and then kind of when I got, when I was 19 years old, uh, I started to like take like teaching programs and I always used Mm. to teach at summer camps. Like that was also another way for me to like, pay a lot of like for my dance classes and stuff like that is like my my dance schools would have summer programs and I would be like you know like a a teacher or like a counselor and stuff there and that kind of got me into teaching and then I just really liked it you know like I think that was like one of my favorite parts was like being able to like create syllabus like kind of like work from kids that were like pretty young to like adults my age and older and stuff like teaching them how to dance and then like also doing like a lot more choreography based because a lot of the time when I was performing I'd have to follow someone else's creative style Mm -hmm. and like kind of like their interpretation of what they wanted to do with dance and I like I always felt like I was more of less of a a performer, especially in like my 20s. I was less of a performer and more of like a behind the scenes type of person, Uh, like creating or like creating, curating pieces, like all this other stuff, too. So I like that. And so those were some of my like early dance jobs. And then I kind of switched over afterwards to martial arts, kind of like when I was like 24 to like 28. Like those were like my martial arts days. So how did
0: you transition to martial arts?
1: Yeah, it was, it was all teaching, to be honest with you. It was just, um, it was like i i've been studying martial arts like for a really long time like ever since i was like in high school It just kind of went really well with dance and me and now, my are we siblings, talking about
0: had... eastern martial arts or western martial arts
1: both yeah both because you and i both have the similarity of the western martial arts which yeah. is, or and like yeah so like all that stuff but like yeah you no i
0: swordplay stuff yeah
1: yeah 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 that was that was some of the best best times of my life too in my martial arts career definitely highlights but no i was big in the eastern like i grew up taking taekwondo and karate uh i practice like forms of kung fu but not like fully formally like i wanted to go to school for it actually like i back when i was like university is all about like opportunity, so i'm gonna go spend a bunch of money and get like a a degree in kung fu and my parents are <laughs> like nah
0: like, yeah.
1: not a chance they're like you're already a broke-ass dancer you don't need to go wow, yeah. figure out kung fu and like that's not gonna lead you anywhere but um uh yeah no i you know karate and i i i got to teach like taekwondo a lot here in vancouver for a couple of years and uh you know i, I took like this other really cool style called the uh, taijutsu which is like this japanese like bujinkan ninjutsu style like it's like it's like the art of the ninja but like it's it's got this like really awesome like kind of like mix between like judo and other things involved in it too and aikido and stuff it's really cool and yeah Yeah. And then, and then, yeah, both you and I, we did uh, some Western European sword play, man. Like, and that I was always obsessed with, you know, like I've always been a hella renaissance man when I was a kid. Like, I like, you know, would watch like movies like The Princess Bride and The Count of Monte Cristo and all these things. And I'd be like, this is what I want. Like Highlander and stuff like that. And then I found that school, and like, yeah, because I'd already been teaching martial arts and kids programs, I got a job there, and that was great. Sorry, man. At, Academy Duello. Yeah, man. Academy Duello. Yeah. They're, yeah. they're having a tough time in COVID, but they're still going strong because they got a really great community. So good. For oh, that's kids. cool. Yeah, they yeah. I always
0: did notice that. Now, when it comes to Western martial arts, I really enjoyed learning longsword. I think that's yeah. like that's where it's at for me being a big guy. I love swinging the big longsword around. Oh yeah. But that rapier stuff, man. I mean, that is a real that's an advanced form of fighting. Like there's a lot yeah, of that. And I'm just thinking yeah. about I forget what that's called, you know, but when you're doing the the parry or whatever it is and you Yeah, you know you put the sword out far and you're contorting yourself yeah so far in yeah. to avoid the blade yeah. you know your opponent's blade poking you yeah I mean yeah. I can see how that definitely ties into surf maneuvers
1: yeah oh yeah 100% actually like I really wanted to make like a surfboard <laughs> with like uh with an old illustrated like uh like a rapier like kind of like design with it yeah. and stuff like kind of like uh we got these manuscripts when we we're at like academy Duel. you could buy them and they all had like the techniques and form from like you know 16th century like italian like fencing masters and stuff yeah. and they all have those styles and like these really cool like contorted twists and stuff to them that i just thought would look so good on a surfboard but then also like you use those weird contorted twists and body movements while surfing as well it's kind of it's, yeah it's really neat i see how you can compare those things too. yeah that, that yeah,
0: would I, really, really
1: yeah i i loved all the forms there like to be honest like i was big into like the long sword stuff because it was good like i wasn't more like hack and slash but more like just like the flow of the long sword that yeah. you can get with it too and i i you know like for me like The rapier was, like, so technically, like, such, like, a chess match that you're, like, you're working in, like, such, like, small, like, with such long blades, but, like, in, like, such a small fighting area and stuff. And, like, it's all about taking advantage and then, like, working against, like, counteracts and stuff, like, counteracting, like, someone's, like timing to like hit you and stuff i don't know it was so cool like that's still good stuff like i still practice that stuff all the time man it's all like a part of my workout regime and stuff and and you hooked me up with that sword too thank you very much i've been swinging that around oh you're liking that (laughs) hey nice oh yeah yeah, man it's so good man great weight great weight great feel
0: i loved it i'm glad you love it yeah i
1: love i love how we're on like a surf podcast but we're talking about sword fighting like, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> i always get to the surf
0: but i like to explore the uh the before part hey what was that weapon called that uh donatello from ninja turtles used i forget you know that big st- donatello
1: just used a staff Don- donatello just used a staff but then staff. you can you can call it as a staff or like it's a boken in japanese like terminology okay. which is like it's a bit smaller like you can tell like Donatello doesn't have like a staff that's like 10 feet tall, which would generally be like a pole staff basically, okay. like Western European style. But like a boken or like a martial arts staff is generally a little bit smaller. And okay. then if it's any longer, it'll generally have a spearhead on it for like Eastern martial arts. Because the
0: kind that we used at, uh, at Academy Duello, it's like the kind if you've ever seen the old Kevin Costner Robin Hood movie, there's a scene with them fighting you know in the rapids or whatever i think little. yeah totally
1: yeah those are yeah that's like that's that would be the quarter staff where like it's like you you either you so there's long staff where you hold it with two hands but at the end like the base of the staff and like it's a longer swinging wrapping movements and then a quarter staff is where you hold it basically like in the halfway zone and you use both ends to strike and attack and like it's good to like manipulate and maneuver in bow styles while fighting and whatnot or like while practicing but yeah they're, they're two different techniques for sure and it's yeah, yeah. one they're still generally the same height ish but like one can be much longer when you're using the long staff like you're going for like distance and like they're generally like they would train it so that you would have pole arms at the end of it so you could like nice. lead, like a lot of guards would use it, or like anyone over like a shield wall would use it to like hack and slash at people yeah. who come through, or dealing yeah. with cavalry too and stuff. Yeah,
0: right on, of course. You mm-hmm. got to be ready for the cavalry.
1: There yeah, you go. That's what be I, ready I always tell Calvary. everybody be ready for the <laughs> cavalry.
0: You never know when the cavalry is mm-hmm, going to show mm-hmm, up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. You're in Toronto, you're teaching dance. So what brought you to Vancouver?
1: Uh, Well, technically it was after uh, traveling for a year, like in Mexico and stuff. I just came back to Toronto and like, I I really like Toronto. Like I love the culture and the vibe and my family was there and stuff. But um, I don't know, like I just, I kind of needed something a little bit different. I like, I really like, I fell in love with the ocean for one, first and foremost, when I was when I was in Mexico, like for that full year, like I was just like, I I don't see how I could live without the ocean. Even at that time I wasn't even surfing. I was just there the whole entire time, you know, like it was on a beach. I just was in the water. I just like, you know, it's kind of like it's always been my vibe and uh, yeah, like I, I just had the opportunity to go teach in Vancouver and I had one other friend of mine who is going out to UBC as an engineer physicist and like, I think, like, I was also at, like, my young age of, like, 19 with, like, family stuff going on, my life going on. You know, like, I like I I didn't necessarily have the greatest time finishing high school. In fact, I dropped Mm -hmm. out of high school and then went to Mexico at, like, a pretty young age. Like, I was just turned 18 and then went to Mexico to be, like, a dancer. Didn't expect it to be what it was, which was like, it was very difficult. It was like a huge learning curve and adjustment because, you know, I went from being like a pretty bratty kid to then being like, you're a professional now. And I was like, fuck, I got to act like a professional. And like, and then when I came back, I just got to Toronto and I had this different vibe about me. A lot of my friends were like, you know, either going to university to go to like Montreal and places. And I was like, I'd love to go to Montreal. I'd like to stay in Toronto, but like, there's gotta be some other opportunities. And then when like, I was young, too. We always used to talk about Vancouver, like ocean, mountains, like forests, like all this stuff. Like yeah. different. Like even like even honestly, the thought of not like minus freaking 30 weather was also a big impact on it, yeah. too. So I was just like, man, why not go out west? It's only like, you know, I had the contract for a year to teach and to learn how to teach like ballet and all these other things. And I was like, it's only a year, like whatever. I I kind of have this like fun, like traveling feel about me right now like let's go yeah. let's go get into it and that's what brought me out here and yeah I didn't expect to stay so long but like yeah. I really felt I almost fell in love like right away like yeah. I got to this city and I was just like damn this is so cool like yeah. It, yeah and it's changed a lot too over the years like when I first came here it was like a lot more about like the nature and like I did like the city vibe and stuff but like <laughs> coming from col- like the culture Toronto to them like the 2006 like kind of uh, the two thousand and six Vancouver. I wasn't, I wasn't super into it that much at mm. that time. But then, but then it's grown so much more. Even on that, and there's so many opportunities out here. You know, it's, that's
0: that's yeah, another absolutely. thing why I stayed yeah. too.
1: Yeah, that's yeah. that's what brought me out here. It was, it was really it was a hundred percent. It was the ocean. You yeah. know, like I was just like, I need some ocean vibes. Sorry, my phone did some weird. No uh, but I was like, I need some ocean vibes. I, I, I need this like lifestyle. Like that's what I want. So you yeah, felt that's what the I'm call
0: watching. of the West Coast, man. I've been there. Yeah, like yeah. as Canadians. You know, like the whole American thing, they got Route 66 to California, you know, like that's, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, it's similar, I think, you know, we got our Trans-Canada to Vancouver, Highly, like yep. ultimate exactly, freedom. Man. Yeah, yeah, totally. Except when In I got In my case, there, it
1: was like a West WestJet.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. But when I got to Vancouver, then I'm like, oh shit, there's a giant island blocking all the surf. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So that you, was... gotta go a little bit further still but
1: definitely like I remember you telling me that you came here for the surf I came here for snowboarding originally and like that was that was like something that I was like it was a part of the reason why I moved here and then another part of the reason was just like the nature aspect of it all like I was like yeah I want to see the mountains and the ocean like every day but um it was yeah it was snowboarding but then like i mean like surfing just like fell into place like literally like two years after so
0: when when did surfing come along how did that happen
1: uh for me honestly it was i always knew i wanted to surf like i always knew that like that was something i wanted to do like even when i was young my family like was really like privileged to be able to drive down to florida where like my grandmother stayed in like this like sweet trailer park with Mm. like all the things you could ever want as a young kid, but like she lived right by a surf beach. And like, I just see surfers. I'd see like my parents would let me bodyboard, but they would never let me go surfing and stuff. And like, there was no schools at the time to like, be able to like teach me how to like go surf. So I always knew that I wanted to surf. And then, um yeah, just like, it came to a point in time where like summer trips would happen. And like Oregon was always the spot to go to. Mm-hmm. And then like, I think it was like 2000. And when I get here, I got here in 2000 and like, five or six and then like yeah somewhere in like 2007 I just started to go to Oregon like every summer for like a month like you'd rent a board you just go hit the water like get smashed around a bunch but like it just started to get so much more of like a thing that like I thought about all the time and I was like I just want to be a better surfer I just want to get in the water all the time and yeah
0: it just became the where kind of were you going in Oregon? Was that in uh, Cannon Beach or?
1: Yeah, we were going to Cannon Beach. We were going to Short Sands. We were going even like over just like to, um, uh, oh no, where's the place that the Goonies are filled in? Uh, filmed in? It's like the first town you get right over Washington. My brain's just kind of farting right now. But, like
0: are um, you talking in Washington, like Westport?
1: no 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 it's like once when you get over the washington border into oregon there's that first oh. town right there and it's like the town famously where the goonies were shot and like yeah there's a couple of beaches down towards there too i can't and like seaside uh is like there as well it'll come to me i'm gonna like blurt it out halfway through this podcast yeah, well, now you, ah! got me, you, now you
0: got me wondering
1: it's not it's not a story i don't think it's um um you got the Google. Nice. Astoria. Let the people know we do the, it is a story. Damn it. Okay. I knew it. Yeah, I knew it. But anyways, it. yeah. I remember
0: so that is, town though. Yeah.
1: yeah. 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 So there's, there's that town and like, there's a couple of like, just like, uh, all right beaches there and stuff like that too. So yeah, a lot of, a lot of great little surfing. and, you know i didn't know terribly too too much about surfing at that time so i was just looking anywhere where there was like waves and like people being like it's okay for you to surf here you know like your current's yeah. not going to take you out or anything so
0: and i mean you're you're going down to oregon at that point had you had any awareness of sombrio or tofino
1: uh yeah i knew about sombrio or i knew about tofino like the moments that i got here in vancouver um and to like the west coast of canada it was it was just like it seemingly like it just seemed like it was like just a much further trek, you know and like i remember too like um i never went in the time where like the highways weren't really necessarily like fully built there was still gravel road and stuff but i just knew it as a small sleepy town when i first came here so i didn't, I didn't actually go out to tofino until 2010 so like oh, okay. four years i'd been on here but i'd already been surfing in oregon like multiple times since then too but uh It was like, yeah, it was just like, I don't know, for me, it was a thing where like Canada didn't have enough of a surf environment from my knowledge at the time that I actually only thought that Oregon, California were the places to go nearest to me to like see surf culture, be a part of surf culture and like find those good surf beaches. Because like I also didn't know anything about like forecasting and like how to like predict or like, you know, like understand the swell and stuff like that. So I was like, just go where the servers are. And for me, it was like in Oregon and Cannon beach or like yeah. in like Northern California and stuff like that. Yeah.
0: But you yeah. must've been super stoked when you found Tofino because you're mentioning, you know, yeah. you, you wanted to be in that sort of great Canadian wilderness mountains and trees. I mean, come on, you got mountains, trees, and the ocean and surfing yeah you know is that yeah, perfect definitely. combo yeah 100
1: yeah 100 and it's still like every time that i go out there too i'm just always like amazed by it yeah like, you know i'm always just like this place is like it's not even like it's like sometimes you feel like you just stepped onto another planet and you're about to see like two suns because it's just like that like perfect picturesque place that's just like so out of this world like fabulous all the time yeah, yeah.
0: it's pretty great right on man so uh yeah i don't want to get too wishy-washy about tofino because i could start crying but you know i was in kincardine a couple weeks ago and i am and i am impressed to be back on the great lakes like i was in kincardine the legendary kincardine i've been hearing about on the internet for years man the waves were huge like they were huge even in ocean standards the day I was there yeah
1: right really that's awesome good they for were, you yeah. man that's they awesome were, they were
0: reported at 10 feet tall I just remember you know looking what? at the yeah and I remember looking you know when the wave really dips down I mean yeah it was just gorgeous like it looked mm-hmm. like rolling mountains coming in and I think maybe what made it look even more spectacular is there's basically no wave period i mean it was just getting bashed wave after wave right there was no Uh real time in between so it it was also humbling like you know getting used to that again getting
1: yeah that sounds like my worst nightmare man (laughs) like just being (laughs) like yeah there's so much good swell and then you're like oh my god where am i like where what am i even predicting at this point in time in the water but i can see how that's like I like, I feel like once when you get used to that, then like, it's like, you're on it. Like kudos to all you lake surfers. Like I'm going to get out there one day. Like I'm coming out to you. We're going to go, we'll have a good lake freshwater session and stuff like that. It'll be tight. But like, yeah, like, Man, like, you know, like surfing's already hard as is. Yeah. So then to just like drop the predictability of what's going on with the waves slash also <laughs> like galing winds, it's like, and slash like hella cold water too. It's like, damn. Yeah. yeah. No, it's awesome. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, that's like, it's so awesome, man. It is. It's so awesome. It's so crazy to hear that people, like can have that you know like there was no i like i'm from toronto there's no lakes there was no lake surfing or if there was it was like the hugest secret because like i would see waves coming off a lake but i would never think that i could surf those or that i should surf those and i have i've seen like i've seen great spots like you know like um when i was a kid like i remember like going out like kind of uh like to like kind of like, like lake ontario and just like seeing stuff like even like as a kid going to the beach like you know like when like the beaches were like okay and yeah stuff like that to swim in they'd still be like body surfing i'd bring it bring me back to like times in florida where i'd be like boogie boarding and body surfing and stuff and i'd be like same same man but like i just never thought i could surf there and like it wasn't until like yeah 2014 when i just like come back from like traveling in australia and i finally saw my mom and my mom was like oh yeah you were like surfing all that time in australia and there was like a bunch of kids surfing in lake ontario like just like in hamilton like and like they showed me pictures and like i'm pretty sure it was all the surf the great guys like antonio and like that crew and stuff and like they were actually scoring waves and i was like get out of town like i was like no way that's actually happening and i thought that was so cool you know like that was really really that was really neat.
0: yeah so were you familiar with the cove before had you been there
1: no, man, like, I didn't know anything. Well, like like oh, okay. I said, like, it wasn't until, like, 2013, like, 14, when, like, I'd come back after, like, traveling. Like, at that point in time, I was, like, really traveling for surfing, like, all the time, like, destination surfing and stuff. And um yeah my mom was just like it's so crazy that you were just there because like who would have thunk that in toronto like they're surfing and i was nice, just like
0: mind nice. blown yeah so you you know you got super stoked you're a big surfer dude now you know you did the u.s now you're doing tofino how'd the shaping come about man how did you transition from i'm just this a guy who likes to go surfing to hey i want to be a mechanic of yeah, I want to be a physicist for the, the board to be right on yeah,
1: yeah yeah um yeah man like to be honest with you I never really saw myself in like any sort of shaping slash like kind of that type of creative thing like I always thought that I was more bound to be like a surfer and to put all my energy into surfing and like being able to like you know just go out there and surf all the time but um no just it's just so happened that as my, like, surfing got better, I started to transition more into, like, uh, mid-length boards and long, longer boards mm-hmm. and stuff. And um, it was really hard back in, like, 2013 to be able to find, uh, like, that kind of, like, that same board that I had been previously surfing in Australia, kind of like that, like uh like mini mal almost like style of board that we were we made together yeah and um yeah the closest one honestly was in was in oregon obviously like in like uh you know like in one of like the surf shops there and stuff and i was just like i can't believe that i'd have to go all the way down to oregon to be able to find a board and then my one of my best buddies and like he's kind of like my surfer you know guy like uh, the guy that i always go out surfing with um, he was like, man, like there's, there's literally like a U.S. like fiberglass supply shop, like right South of the border of BC. It's like a hop, skip and a jump over there. Uh, we should go make some boards. And he was always really crafty and he was a carpenter for a while. Like, you know, like he's been using his hands, like building stuff. Like I was like an artsy guy. So uh-huh. I was like, I was like, I don't think I understand or comprehend enough to be able to do this. But then it was like, dude, like, this was also in the time, like, you know, 2013, too, when, like, the information age was really starting to happen. Like, YouTube, like, videos were, like, really coming out at this point in time. Like, you can find a tutorial on anything. And he was like, dude, let's just, like, look up some videos on surfing. He also, like, I think, like, bought a book or, like, had a book, like, you know, like, about it and stuff. And, like, you know, I just kind of put my, like... like a lot of thought perspective into it. And I was just like, holy, this is a neat idea. And like, what an opportunity of a lifetime to be like, I am close enough to a distributor, like, or like, um, you know, like a supplier that could like get me the materials that I need. And then I also had a friend with a garage that was like, he was also like, I too want to make a surfboard. So like, I think like, I just, I think I like just happened upon two of my really good, most creative slash like kind of like, driven friends at that time that were just like let's start making like something and like let's see how it happens and like it turned out way better than I thought it would you know and like at that point in time too I had like you know I, I purchased all the materials I spent like two months of like hard researching we all kind of like created each like our own board of our own design like one of my friends replicated hit one of his favorite boards that was like you know he thought he could make some tweaks to it another one of my friends just like had this like he's like an artist so he had like this like full design wise to it and he's like i'm also going to replicate your board and like i just like studied up this like mini mal but like this like mctavish shape for like for such a long time and was just like okay this is what i'm going to try to make and like somehow like managed to get the template figure out like all like the little tricks and of it and stuff and like I mean it was a piece of garbage but like it was my piece of garbage (laughs) and it was it was so good you know and like to be honest with you like I could like immediately tell what I did wrong like almost right away where I was just like oh I screwed up this and I did that and then I did some more research and I found out that like the bottom contour that I made was actually like of like kind of ish like uh what you define like a hull shape and then like it wasn't meant for more like radical surfing it was meant for like really speed surfing so i did i i kind of used that mentality a lot more to surf that board and it actually like super helped a lot and then i was just like ah oh, like I, I could do this you know and at that point in time i was also like tree planting a bunch so like i would just like I'd be like, okay, what am I saving for? And I'd be like, clearly it was surfboards. So <laughs> I, we, you know, like it was just, it was just one of those things where I was like, let's do it. Like I'm going to make a quiver. And like I was like taking some of my old boards that I'd made like the year previous. Like my first board, I called it the, the shrapnel because that's what it looked like. And I went from like a seven foot six, like mini mouth to then like I chopped it to like a five foot mini Simmons and like, all these other weird things. And I just kept on adapting and creating, adapting and creating until finally some of my friends were like, yo, like your boards are cool. Like you want to make me a board? And I was nice. like, yeah, yeah, nice. I do. And then, yeah. And then it kind of just went from there. Yeah.
0: That's sweet. when you're like, I have made it.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I
0: definitely did not
1: make it. Like, let's be honest with you, man. Those are just some hard years, dude, where you're, like, battling between, like, I have this, like, I have this will to do something, and wouldn't it be cool if I could do it for, like you know a career and then being like but i'm also kind of just like a big phony because I don't really know what i'm doing slash i'm not a very great surfer and then like battling that without having like another part-time job while trying to make surfboards it was a weird like four-year yeah. transition year it really like taught me how to be an adult and like be like okay like you can't, you got to be patient. You, you can't have all the things that you want. Like if you're going to put time and money into it, make sure that like when you're doing it, you're doing it as right as possible. And like you make the mistakes and know that you made the mistakes, yeah. but like you continue on and like, you know, sometimes you're not going to be able to do what you want to do. And sometimes you won't have the space or the resources for it. And you just got to stay calm, stay collective and just like calculate, calculate, calculate. I'm not much of a calculated man. But like, at that point in time, when I was like, if I'm going to achieve something, like I'm gonna I got to do it, you know, I got to have this, this mentality for
0: it. Right on. So when did things start to click, man? When did you feel like, oh, I'm getting this now? Like I can Uh, do something with this?
1: Yeah, like, it was, honestly, it was, like, it was the encouragement of my friend, like, my buddy, uh, was the big thing, and then, um, here in Vancouver, there was uh, this group called Shaper Studios that started up, uh, back in 2000, I think, like, 2013, same thing, and I had, uh, I had two good friends, well, they were, they, you know, like, I met them, and they became my friends, and they were running this, like, Shaper Studio spot, and within, like, the first, like, half a year there I had started building boards and like people started to take notice a bit more of my shaping skills because I had already at that point in time made like 30 to something-ish boards. So So were
0: were you a student at this time at Shaper? No
1: I was I was they had they had like a open door policy where like if you knew what you were doing you could you could uh you could create your own boards like and become a member okay so so like
0: member then okay
1: yeah i was a member so i was shaping the boards and then my buddy who i was talking about he was glassing our boards and stuff so we had become like this combo and then eventually one of the partners left shaper studios and then we were approached and we were like hey like we're looking for someone to buy into this like you know, it's like, it's a pretty cool brand. Like we have like the resources, the space and stuff. We're just looking for people who can help out and who could be teachers here. And like, I, I qualified as like a shaping instructor because of like the X amount of boards that I had made, which like, Mm -hmm. I like, you know, I wasn't stepping fully into the role of instructor at that time. Like I was still like, you know, learning the craft myself. Like I had only, like I said, like had 30 to 50 boards at my hand. So like it, it like it leaves you qualified but like you know like we still had other people who were like a little bit more qualified for that and then just yeah as the years progressed like i was asked to become a partner and then i continue with that and then i started to like manage the shop and that's kind of like when it started to really click in where i was like you know it was still a part-time job slash like i kind of had like my entrepreneurial kind of like gig going on with like this whole like with the with the shaper studios thing and that's when I was like, Oh, this is a potential like living that I could have. And then like, I, you know, like a lot of people just like saw what I was doing and like, they were like, yeah, like, you know, there's a future for you in this because you actually care so much. You put the time in the research and like, you know, and I was involved with the community at that point in time. Like I was, I'm like a pretty friendly guy and I try to say what up all the time. And like, I see what people are doing and I like it. I compliment, I comment, you know, like I talk, I ask a lot of questions too. And yeah. I think a lot of people dug it. And then that's when I was like, oh, there's a future here. So that was right pretty on,
0: cool. Wow, paid off. Yeah. So it seems like no matter what you're doing, you've always ended up in some kind of a leadership position, you know? Or kind of, yeah. Yeah, you, you. yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. It doesn't seem like you're much of a follower, you know, you always end up being, doing your own thing, right? That's cool, man. Yeah,
1: yeah. I think, you know, it's like a young age thing. I was a pretty independent kid, like, you know, being the oldest of four to like really young parents, like a kind of like, you know, my parents obviously did like a good job, like, you know, raising me and stuff. But I did like I was, I was an independent a lot. A lot of my siblings are independents too. Like we all left the house like pretty young and we all kind of like had an idea of what, who we were and what we wanted to do and stuff. And yeah, I don't know. And I'm like, I'm, I, you know, like I, I like to be like out there and, you know, I think like a lot of like dancing also and performing helped me out a lot yeah. where I could like just not feel crowded or afraid to like show myself off and like whatnot. So yeah, I nice. think that was, that was a big thing for me.
0: Now yeah. I remember seeing Shaper, you know, I was, i wanted to take lessons at shaper but i swear by the time that was about to happen it closed down but yeah i believe that i had seen on the shaper website that that shaper was one of a few is that correct like there are yeah yeah, yeah locations
1: yeah we were we were the uh we were the first sister school of the san diegan branch so uh we basically it was like a franchise and we like we bought into it and so we uh yeah so we were the secondary kind of thing and then there was one in uh chile like santiago chile and then there's one in montreal for a bit and then there was one in orange county for a bit and yeah they were uh the 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 guys who like started shaper studios were like pretty smart and well like adapted to like just like being like we have something here like this like idea that we can teach people how to make surfboards and like you know it's not a kept secret it's something that like should be shared like you're not going to become like the world's greatest shaper after one board but it's like what an experience and what a thing to have and but it's a great concept
0: like yeah yeah have a membership to drop in and shape you know whenever you want i mean that is yeah and like
1: and take 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 a lot of courses and and like especially here in vancouver where surfing wasn't a big thing like you can see it in places like san diego it's great because you have a lot of garage shapers that like it's hard to shape in your garage it's hard to have one bay for everything so if you can find a place where you can access the tools, materials, have a little bit of guidance and also a spot for you to be able to build and manufacture your own boards. It was really great. Like it's, you know, there's a lot of cool concepts. It's almost like it's already a part of like the shaping and surfboard world, you know, like there's, there's glassing factories. There's like lots of bays, open bays and places like that where people rent the bays for their hours and they'll make their boards and stuff like that there. So the concept was there and it was really cool for Vancouver just because like that's lessons for us really took off because a lot of people love that experience here. Like everybody loves like that hands-on working with experience. So then be able to take it out into the wilderness and like, you know, and into the ocean and then actually like ride it and enjoy it and stuff. So yeah. I, I think like that really translated super well to like Vancouver. And that's why we had such like success here too, in Vancouver at Schaefer studios. Like a lot of people liked having that hub, that hangout, that, that spot where like, you know, there are so many surfers and like kind of those like uh, adventure goers and whatnot out here that like it was just a cool meetup place to then meet other like-minded individuals and be able yeah. to go surf these boards that you've been making and creating. For together. sure. So,
0: but yeah, uh, cool. but ultimately, unfortunately, Shaper kind of got tombstoned.
1: Yeah, but like I, like, I think... It was like you know, like like all businesses and stuff like that are all concepts and ideas. Like this was also all formulated by a bunch of like a young group of individuals too. Like, <laughs> everybody was in like their early twenties and stuff like that. And it was a big movement, and it was a really big thing. Yeah. But like to sustain something like that was difficult. And then once when you know, like the San Diegan, uh, you know, like the mothership of it all was doing super duper well, and yeah. like the you know, like they. Had, even still to this day, like a uh, few of like the major like founders there, like they're still in the surfboard world. They're still like pumping out cool things and doing cool things and stuff. So does but, Shaper um, exist elsewhere? No, no longer. No, okay. no longer. Yeah. Okay. yeah. But that's like, it's like everybody just kind of went off to do their things like it was honestly it was a place for a lot of us young like guys and girls to just understand entrepreneurship to be able to understand how to like work with the community and then having a space where the community could build and divide like work with and stuff and i think when you know like each shaper spot like started to go down which like at at that time it was inevitable but that was okay it was also like a lot of us were like transitioning into different careers or different paths and it was like you know it was more like it was like a clubhouse you know like that's like what shaper studios was it was like a good idea of like a bunch of people just coming together and creating that so like once one had established the community the community was there and like the connections between san diego chile montreal vancouver japan even like some guys in hawaii too all that stuff still continued and stayed and a lot of members are still connected too, which is really cool. That's so that's like, I don't see it as a downfall. I don't see it as a tombstone. Yeah. It didn't do anything. Cause it wasn't in, in some ways, it didn't necessarily need to be like a forever thing. It didn't okay. need to be a permanent thing. It actually was just there to establish this, this idea of like anyone can build a surfboard, anyone can make culture, and like in this certain community and stuff like that. And like all it takes is just like a few good minds to come together and just enjoy that experience and work on that experience so that other people can kind of get that too.
0: The Shaper lives on in the hearts and souls of its. Yeah brotherhood and sisterhood nice I yeah like to exactly hear that, man. Was, man yeah oh dude like yeah 100%. A special time in history you know like
1: oh yeah i yeah i would never trade any of that for for anything else and like yeah. it was it was a hard time i think for everybody because like entrepreneurship is really difficult and i'm sure you're mm-hmm. experiencing that yourself but like you know when you're working with so many like-minded individuals when you're able to kind of have that ability to create and then kind of like work your specialties. Like, you know, some of us weren't even that great at shaping surfboards, but we could throw a hell of a party. Like some of us weren't like that good at like certain things, but when it was getting out in the community and bringing people together, like that was a huge thing. And like, so we needed all these amazing individuals to create this one concept. And like, that was really cool. You know, it was, yeah, such a special time, such a special thing.
0: Yeah. And then I'd like to see how you guys were with shaping while partying.
1: Oh yeah. (laughs) I (laughs) mean some
0: interesting boards.
1: Man, yeah, a lot of asymmetrical boards. (laughs) There was one time where yeah, we had like a keg going on there for a while, like where we would just like kind of have a keg and you could get like beer by donation and stuff and like you know, like work got done. But like it was like again, it was a clubhouse, man. Like it was a place where you could just like hang out, spend your membership, spend your time, you know you know it it was good yeah it was really good so
0: hey shaper you know closed its doors but Mm -hmm. hidden village surfcraft and design you know thrives on so so how did this happen
1: oh man like i just i you know i knew after like i think it was like 2016 when like you know, I'd probably put in like about like 200-ish boards or something like that, that I was like, this is something I could do for a while. And whether it's with this brand, Shaper Studios, or if it's my own brand that I start, I was like, I know that I could do something. And, you know, when when time came where it was like, we had to close the door on Shaper Studios, I was just like, this is a perfect opportunity for me to like start my own thing. And I was just really lucky to be in this, one building where like I became really good friends with the upholstery guy next door mm-hmm. and he was like I see this place is closing down but I have like a small little spot that you can just like you know clean out all and exterminate all the mice in there and like move <laughs> all this garbage out and then from there you can create your own like little spot and like yeah and it all of a sudden it happened and it was i'm honestly i'm so thankful and i'm so happy that i'm doing something
0: like this yeah so so how long has has that been then when did you officially open up hidden village
1: uh officially officially it was like may 2019 and then but like before that i was kind of doing like that like kind of like underground i was gonna say boards i don't really have like a I didn't have a name or anything like that. I was an established business. Like that's kind of where hidden, that's where hidden village kind of came from was like, I just didn't know what to call myself or what to do. And like, I just thought it was really funny because I had, I was a part of such a really big community and I was still really allowing that community to kind of come in. But like, I wasn't advertising anything. Like I wasn't putting on anything. I was like, I'm going to make surfboards, invite people in to do lessons. Like, you know, just put my feelers out to see if I could do all these things by myself. Like, be the entrepreneur, be the shaper, sander, uh, like the glasser. Like, put the ideas out there. Like, see what I could do with it and stuff. And so I, I decided to take my time. And then finally, when like May twenty nineteen kind of came around, I was like, I have myself established. I'm feeling good about this. You know, like I. I don't need another job to like support me. This can be my permanent job. And yeah, I just kind of, I just took the dive and here I
0: am. Right. On. Fun. So, yeah. so you offer, you know, you teach people how to, how to create a surfboard. You also create yeah. surfboards for the market. Now yeah. I took a shaping lesson from you. Absolutely loved it. Great time. It was fantastic. Um, but you know, this is hard work. This is tedious stuff. Like this isn't uh, this isn't for everybody. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. Shaping surfboards isn't for everybody. Uh, yeah. It has this glamorous appeal to it. Like, oh yeah, shaping surfboards is cool. But the realism of it is, I mean, you're standing in a bay for eight hours or more a day. You got dust flying everywhere. You can't hear the music because the tools are too loud you're not really talking to anybody i mean you know it's so tough yeah so, so what is it that drives you to yeah. to be a shaper to do the shaping oh uh, yeah yeah
1: i mean like you said too it's like tough it really like the actually the hardest bit it's like you know the environment you can control like the dust quality like the the grossness and all that stuff you can control that a lot yourself so that's not the worst part of it the hardest part is like just being a constant creative like having the whole entire like pressure being everything's kind of on you to be able Mm -hmm. to create something that like someone's gonna like and like you could have someone that's like terribly nitpicky and like other people like just like downright like reviewing the crap out of you and it's it's all negative reviews and stuff so like or it's a positive reviews and it's really great you know like it these things happen so like that's the that's the hardest part is like trying to be on all the time another thing too that's really hard is like all the materials that i use like i use like the slow curing epoxies and stuff so like I don't get to like bang out boards like really fast like a lot of factories do because mm-hmm. they get to use those like really toxic but effective products and stuff. So for me, like things get really slowed down. So if I make a mistake, like to basically correct set mistake is gonna take X amount of time, which then leaves like, you know, me figuring out what to be doing slash panicking and all that stuff in your head. But like honestly, like what brings why I shape and why I do this is honestly it's because. A, I feel like just Canada has this new fresh community and this like new first gen, second gen surfing thing going on. So I like being a part of that movement. And like, I think that's really exciting. Like, whether I play a part in like creating really awesome boards or just a part of just being a part of the Stoke and like, like you, like just like amping the level of the Stoke and like the more involvement of people joining the community and the sport in total. Like, that's awesome. But like, You know, like for me, what keeps me going is that like, I, you know, I put my, my passion and my soul into my work and like, you know, like that's, that's huge. Like you don't get that every day. You don't get that. You don't get that in every job. And like, is it rewarding if it pays well? Like, eh, not really, but like, you know, you can do something like that to help elevate yourself like that. And, you know, I think like just being able to be like, so I get to work with guys like you and like customers that like, I actually like form like really solid relationships with, you know? And like when I, when I make a board for someone and like they super dig it, like, you know, like we're, it, we're like connected for life almost, you know? And I think that's really cool. And like, you know, like just even like the ability to just constantly make and like have people be like Rosen, like be creative, like do whatever you want to with my board. I'm just like, those are the things that keep me stoked. Like they see, the artistic passionate side like the functional side that i offer and then someone's like man just do you that's what i want and i'm like thanks like th- that's what keeps me going as like a shaper as a board producer and stuff yeah
0: it's cool man what you're saying i get it and you know what's neat i, I like the fact that you're not just creating a board you're creating a personality you're creating an sure. extension of someone you're creating yeah their weapon their tool whatever you want yeah. to call it like this is something that is very important to people yeah. you know you put the extra flair on it with the color and the artwork or whatever but uh you know this isn't just like pumping out windows for a house or something like this is something no. people cherish their board yeah and, uh, yeah so that is really cool man and that's a memory that does not go away like i shaped no the board with you and and man, I haven't rode it yet, but I can't wait. And you know, I can't imagine surfing it without thinking where it came from. You know, yeah, I didn't buy this in the yeah. store. This was. Uh you know, made by yeah, us. Yeah, it was right? made
1: by you. Yeah, it was yeah, it was made by yeah. us. It was made by you with you personally in mind for the whole entire way. We were thinking about you, we were thinking about your wife. We were thinking about where you were going to the lakes and how we could like be able to do something like that. Yeah, just the what was it earlier on in July, I ran into some guy that I made a surfboard with like back in like, yeah, I think it was like 2016 and stuff. And And we made a board together and he came, like, he literally saw me on the beach, like ran up to me. and was like, Rosen, man, like this board. And was just like, this is like one of like my most prized possessions. And I was like, Oh dude, that's really nice. He's like, but he's like, no, seriously. Like I go surfing so much these days. And like, this is the board of choice. Like all the time, like I've progressed, I've become this like surfer, or at least I'm getting to where I want to be as the surfer. And like, you know, a lot of it is because I learned, how to make this board and like i i learned with this board and it was that was really cool man i was like some of like the, the Paris moments of my life right
0: there right on Shit. man yeah. doing the lord's work pumping out <laughs> surfboards <laughs> yeah, 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 right on so hey uh do you have a, a board of choice or or a preferred board you like to shape or
1: yeah i mean like definitely
0: like out of the
1: out of the uh, the quiver that i've been making for like the hidden village quiver and stuff like i love all the boards that i make and i'm so excited to be like constantly perfecting slash tweaking them and whatnot like right now no like i mean like i'm so excited for like a little bit more like of this like winter swell and getting like a mm-hmm. little bit more power in the waves and like i'm i'm a huge longboarder and like a midlife rider but uh I've been like working on like, um, kind of like a series of like more performancey fish boards slash mm. like hybrid fish boards, like twin fins to be, uh, precise. And I'm so excited to just do some testing on these things. Like, really? honestly, like I'll wake up at like two o'clock in the morning and be like, oh, I can't wait, you know, And <laughs> then like just go back yeah. to bed again. But like, yeah, I, uh, like honestly, like go-to boards for me are like, just like, I have this like eight foot, like like you can call it like a mid-length basically and like it's like that's like my go-to board for like anything that's like pretty sizable like down at Sombrio slash like Jordan River and stuff where like the waves really fast and like this board like just like connects with the session or the sections and like I feel like I have like a, a right amount of flare slash that's like the board that I've been surfing probably the longest for like the last like five-ish years or something like that and then you know like I'm just like, yeah, I'm, I'm so excited to like, I like, I'll still longboard throughout the winter too, but I'm, I'm excited to put like something a little bit smaller under my feet and just like get those like really good, like feels, you know, like I'm, it's, it's almost like I'm so excited. I'm nervous. Like it's, it's going to be sweet. Yeah.
0: Nice man. Do you have dreams of shaping?
1: Uh, no, like dreams of surfing constantly. Okay. Um,
0: i yeah, thought maybe I you'd like wake it. up like oh did i you know cut this out oh, right that, or... yeah
1: yeah i mean that's definitely plagued me like quite a bit actually it's usually like i'll have dreams of like color combos or like an idea combo that i think is like really good and like sometimes i'll just like wake up in the morning and be like no man that was terrible like that was yeah. a bad idea like that won't work but like that I'll like I'll, I'll wake up and like I'll write ideas down for like what I think of or like uh, like you know like I'll I'll see like something while I'm walking down the street like a particular pairing of colors or like something that like kind of like you know inspires me and i'll take a photo of it and whatnot but yeah lately it's just it's the surf dreams man like especially that i'm not surfing as much like i just wake up and i'm like man i had a surf dream like i'm gonna feel like this for a little while and then like i can calm myself down and go about my day and stuff amazing amazing
0: so rosen man where do you see you know hidden village going what is the future
1: man, what is the future for Hidden Village? Currently right now, it's just, like, it's really perfecting those boards so I can get them under the hands of, like, some fantastic riders. Like, you know, actually, like, any rider at this point in time. Um, I don't know. Like, I I really see myself, like, just kind of working on this, like, West Coast community. I hope to do a couple more, like... Uh, like collaborations these days with like a couple other shapers slash makers out here Mm. on the island i think i think like what i would like to eventually get to is like a fun little collaboration point where like i could create like a collective of shapers because it's so we're still so like new you know like Mm. we don't have many like second generation shapers third generation no. shapers that you would see in california where like they had like inspiration from all these other people like they lived near a shaping bay yeah. when they were young like their dad used to shape like really crappy boards and then taught them how to do it and then they started yeah. to do it and take it on and you're not so I'm going like really,
0: to like the association of canadian shapers convention
1: no yeah like i like i that yeah so like whether it's whether it's this particular company that i do something that with or i just start to bring out a collective or something like that that's like what i would personally like to do you know like i'd like to start especially i think like covid really brought up a lot of things to us as like in the community where like we don't make any of these products like the blanks the boxes the fiberglass the resin we don't have any of that product so like Mm. now because like things are getting harder to get into canada with america you know like our dollar has still always been much lower than the american dollar and we buy these products at like such like steep amounts it's like how can we either a make our own products or be able to like start this industry like that or how do we like collectively like work as like not a union but like as a collective where we can like really think about how to like help each other out as these small time shapers that like we're so spread across like Canada where like we could be helping each other out or finding the distributor to make sure that these products are cheaper so that we can kind of work ourselves into this, like, you know, like into like generating, I wouldn't say like more well like just more boards but also like just making it affordable for us and making like this community just like last longer rather than like you see so many canadian shapers like start up and then fizzle out Mm -hmm. start up and fizzle out because we don't have the industry we don't have like the major like you know demand for stuff like that but like it's starting to grow like there are so many lake surfers right now river surfers ocean surfers on the east and west coasts People are driving to get to like places, surf destinations. People like this stuff. It's just like, we've never really had it before. So I hope to be a part of that, that growth of it, you know? I'm like, I want to, I want to get like a lot of new faces, a lot of new, like people, a lot of different like cultures into surfing, especially in Canada. Like we're so young, we're so capable of bringing this sport a little bit, like to that next elevated level, um, you know? And like, I, I think like that's that's what I, I think that's where I'd like to go with it. Whether it's me in Hidden Village, but I just know me personally. I think that's like the journey I want to go.
0: Through. Absolutely love it. Yeah, I love how your your scope is going beyond um, just shaping. Like you're really oh, yeah. you want to be a community, yeah. get the community going, and I think yeah. the concept it needs to expand. I mean, everybody yeah. and their mother who surfs would want to shape their own board at least once, like I did. I mean, I wouldn't want to do it all the time, but man, it is a great experience to, like I said, sort of put yourself into it. So I think that there's a future for that for sure. Yeah,
1: Uh, for sure.
0: Yeah. And uh, I would like to see, you know, like shops that are in existence. Like when I get a shop one day, I'd love to see this component being a part of shops, like book a lesson to shape, you know, like Saturday yeah, workshops sure. yeah. or whatever it is. I yeah. think it's a fantastic idea.
1: Yeah, for sure, man. Or like even just like stop buying things from all over the world and just be like Canada's got the, yeah. the designs. Canada has the, the vibe and stuff like that, that we can start just really working that into like, you know, just our everyday surfing lives and stuff is like actually having those Canadian shapers, those Canadian yeah. distributors, those Canadian stores where it's like a lot of cool Canadian products. are from. Yeah.
0: Now, isn't there, I forget what it's called, but isn't there a shop in Vancouver that supplies the resins and the, the foam and all that stuff? uh
1: it's it's basically it's like a it's like he's like the distributor basically so like he's buying all the stuff from america he's got oh, like the okay. storage space for it and then he distributes it out to all of us got here. what's the name again uh swell composite swell, yeah, composite swell would be the, yeah yeah they'd be the guys to do it yeah my man steve way to go steve
0: shout out to steve right on <laughs> steve you the man <laughs> Yeah. nice All right, man. So uh, do you have any words of wisdom for anybody wanting to get into shaping?
1: Yeah, for sure. Like, um, I think the, the first thing is, is like develop your plan. Like, Why? like what type of board are you trying to make and then like what is the easiest way to get to that like the first easiest thing is to like identify the shape and then find the right blank for that shape like you don't need to start off with like the most amount of like foam blank or anything like that like find something that's similar to what you're going for. And then like, that's like step one. And then step two is just like put in some research. Like it's so wonderful how there's so much information out there from the shaping component to the glassing component, to all the steps you yourself could make a board if you have the space and the supplies to do it. Mm-hmm. So putting in a little bit of research, finding out like, you know, like those simple components and stuff. And then like, you know, it's, it's an adventure. Get in there, have fun, get dirty, get gross, you know, make mistakes. That's the biggest thing. Cause like The beauty of it is, is no matter how weird, how crazy or how awesome the board comes out, you're going to love that board. You know, like you were the creator of that board. You're going to surf that board. There'll be times like when I surfed my first board board where I was like, this board is poop but then you like learn from it and you can kind of grow with it. And like, there is, there's so many young guys and girls right now, just like straight up, just making boards all the time. And they all have the right idea, the right concept. They're all starting with something that they're familiar with. They're like working their way through it. And just by the time that it's all said and done, like, just they're keeping that stoke alive, so right that's that's that'd be it, you know. And obviously, like, give me a call, and then I'll yeah, help you out. You know, sure. I'm always into I'm always into just like tossing some knowledge someone's way. So
0: yeah, yeah. think you'll ever shape a wooden board?
1: uh yeah, I have kind of shaped a wooden board. I haven't like shaped one for myself. I've helped oh, okay. friends shape their wooden boards, and I have like a lot of friends who have constructed a lot of wooden boards. Um, I'm more in the uh, uh kind of like. I'm more in the way of like putting the wood with the foam together, like creating mm. my own blank or like applying wood rails to like a shape or like a sweet, beautiful tail block. Um, I like wood boards. I love the look of them. I just yeah. like personally don't like to surf them because like I do like a heavy board, but wood boards are rather, rather heavy. Uh, whether yeah, you do I've them in the one way one one or not. I can't imagine. I think yeah,
0: a there's a sort of wall piece. Oh, yeah. Now.
1: Yeah. yeah they are and like honestly they, they surf super well too like there's two different ways that you can kind of construct a wood board and both of them like yeah you, you got a board for life like that nice. board will never like that board <laughs> will never like break disintegrate or anything like that that nice. board's staying strong That's stronger than anything else the out shore there break, eh? yeah yeah exactly it's definitely oh, not gonna right get chopped up. in the short break it'll probably like yeah it'll last longer than you in a short break for sure nice. and uh or like all of us but uh, it's like um yeah i i think I'd, I'd i'd be into it but it's not really one of my like set goals right now or something that i'm like really frothing on it's yeah to add components of wood to my boards and to like kind of put some cool extra little flair in there is like totally i'm totally into it and yeah but uh who knows man you know, talk to me in like a couple of months and I might be like, I'm all about wood boards.
0: Yeah, right on. <laughs> well, man, as we wrap up, I just got a few more questions. I like to ask people and, and yeah, throw is, them. what else when you're not shaping surfboards or out surfing, what else are you stoked about?
1: oh man there's so many things You're dancing right uh, now man. i know you're dancing to right now voice. i'm into yeah. it yeah i uh, it's i that's something i miss like over COVID is like going and seeing shows and dancing like i really love that but yeah. uh that's something i like to do you know just for funsies uh i'm a huge geek so like all that like kind of like i play dungeons and dragons almost like every week Uh, I watch, like, a butt-ton of cartoons. I'm so into reading books, like fantasy and graphic novels and, like, all sorts of things, too. Like, I had sci-fi and all that fun stuff. Um, I love – you know, I like to draw and do some art. I love uh, martial arts and stuff like that, too. I still do that on the regular, just, like, my own personal training, mentally and physically all the time. And, uh, yeah, you know, I just – I love just letting the day Nice go. man. I'm just enjoying it, relaxing. Hey, know?
0: what kind of cartoons are you into?
1: Oh man, what kind of cartoons am I not into? <laughs> you know like I uh I like a lot of anime, like I'm a okay. big anime watcher. So like a lot of people don't really get that, but like I I find that like the Japanese are like such awesome storytellers and they okay. have like such this like style and flair and stuff. So a big anime watcher uh i like like funny simple like adult swim cartoons like you know uh-huh. like even just like all the old school stuff that you would see back on like you know like cartoon network and whatnot like yeah. it's, i'm super big and a fan of those things and um you know a lot of it's just like the like the the shows that are like just like out on netflix and all like kind of like the are like yeah. network providers these days there's always something new coming out and i'm like I For me, like with a cartoon, I always give the first five episodes like a chance. And then yes. like, it's like if it gets me in five episodes, like I'll commit to, you know, the cartoon until yeah. I'm like, this is enough or whatnot. But, um, yeah, you know, and, like, I love all, like, the, the DC Marvel stuff, too. Like, all that stuff, like, that you see on Netflix where it's, like, the Unjustice League, all this stuff. Like, that stuff is awesome. Yeah, like, even yeah, if I yeah. already know the outcome on that stuff and I know it's going to be cheesy, I'm, like, this is perfect, like, background, you know, noise yeah. and stuff like that. And, you know, I just I love a good superhero tale. Slash a good did, you, superhero uh, did you watch
0: tale. the new uh, Harley Quinn animated show?
1: No, I didn't watch that. It's on my list, man. It's dude, on my it list, is, 100%. Oh,
0: it is hilarious. Yeah, man. It's All right, I'm into it, dude. I'd say New it's cartoons. the best Here Batman cartoon sort of since the Batman the Animated Series. Like, Ah,
1: oh, sick. Nice. Awesome. All right. I mean, it's it. not Good.
0: comparable in the sense, but I think it's comparable in the sense of quality. But, I mean, it's, I mean Batman the Animated Series was... It was a dark cartoon for kids oh, yeah. and it was serious. So, it epic. Was so, epic. so epic. Harley oh, Quinn yeah. is just hilarious just finding the yeah. other side the fun side of it all right
1: yeah i love you know and i love that i love like chaotic characters and stuff like that i think like yeah. the whole comic book spectrum really has like it's these days you can even see it's not even about the superheroes anymore it's about the supervillain. you're always like there's a new batman movie but who's the villain you know and everybody yeah. likes that everybody likes those backstories that like crazy stuff you know and yeah, I, I well, think we, we have it's empathy
0: good. for the bad guys now because we understand that life isn't just straight up good and bad. There's a, there's a lot yeah, of great. Yeah, sure. Yeah,
1: exactly, yeah. man. I like like yeah, that Joker movie, heroes.
0: Joaquin Phoenix. I mean, that was, yeah. to me, that was a movie about mental illness. Like I really. Yeah, oh, 100%. Yeah. I thought he was 100%. the victim of a corrupt society. That was such a Basically, cool movie. Basically, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, 100%, man. Yeah, exactly like that. And I like how, like, things are, like, working like that, too. Like, you can tell that, like, all these cartoons, superhero, anime, like, all these things, they've always had that underlining tone. It's just, like, can you see that value in the story or are you only just looking at the action and the bang booms and stuff? So I think, like, another reason why I've been attracted to cartoons and anime like that is that there's always something quality behind there. It's, like, you just got to find – you not find it. You just got to, like, be a fan. You got to be – be into it in order to see all that stuff you know and,
0: and i'm a i'm a huge uh looney tunes Merry melodies bugs bunny fan dude 100 uh, like you yeah. literally get to
1: my family's dinner table and it's 100 bugs bunny quotes like yeah, simpson and bugs yeah. bunny quotes all the way like that's like you can't put my dad and my uncle next to each other without some sort of Bugs Bunny quote. Follow-up.
0: Nice. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So there's a new Bugs Bunny cartoon that came out on HBO. I think maybe about 10 Whoa. episodes. Wow. Really well done. Like really captures oh, really? the old school, like Chuck Jones, like we're not talking Animaniacs or Looney Tunes or uh, sorry, Tiny no. Toons. I mean, those are cool shows, yeah. but.
1: I love Animaniacs so much. Freakazoid yeah. back in the day was like yeah. the tightness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But
0: but this really it is just really keeps the spirit of the original series so well. The only thing yeah. that I find really interesting, and I actually heard them talk about this on the Joe Rogan podcast, is that mm-hmm. you know, everything with guns these days, they've actually omitted the guns like elmer fudd and yosemite sam do not have guns that's but, good yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah but everybody is still blowing the hell out of each other with <laughs> other. dynamite and dynamite. Uh, <laughs> dropping anvils on everyone
1: <laughs> yeah, you can't get rid of a good anvil drop man yeah. like, that's acme 101 baby acme 101 yeah
0: man. but no guys a lot of people
1: are gonna yeah. People are going to like tune into this podcast and be like, we got sword fighting. We got anime. We got all this stuff. Yeah. You
0: know, and if is. they fast forward through the middle, they'll literally hear nothing about surfing almost. Surfing. <laughs> yeah. But that's why this is perma stoked, man. It's, it's about more yeah, than yeah. just surfing. It's whatever keeps people stoked and you know, afloat, yeah, I like right?
1: that, man. Yeah, so uh, yeah, you mentioned yeah, awesome.
0: reading, you reading anything good too right now?
1: Actually, the only things that I'm like actually reading are like anti-racism books and stuff like oh, that, like kind of like like a lot of workbooks and stuff and a lot of like kind of like just like social books. But like, to be honest with you, like summertime is not my reading time, like generally summertime is my like really like focusing in on work and outdoor activities, like. Come winter, you holler at me, and I'll get you. I'll give you some good, uh, some good books and stuff like that. But uh, right on. no, it's just a lot of it's just like yeah, self improvement, like kind of like in like that, like the real work that's got to go on in the world right now. It's that's that's the stuff that I'm reading. That's the sure, stuff that I'm for. And pushing, so, pushing uh, hard, man, pushing hard.
0: You know, indigenous reconciliation, Black Lives Matter. Have any of these uh, subjects made their way into your boards?
1: Uh, I would never like as a white man, I would never really like put those into the boards, but definitely on like the platform and stuff like that. I think like, uh, uh, vocally as like an entrepreneur, like how, like, if you want to come in and do business with me, it's not like we have to talk about stuff like this, but if you ain't into it, then like Mm -hmm. you ain't coming in my shop type thing like that uh trying to like just work with the community to like you know hear the voices of the bipoc community and like what they feel about like the surfing culture here in canada it's so new that like you know like it's good to just accept and like show and like just express this permastoke that we can give everybody for yeah. this and like to add and bring like to show everyone that like this is a community right here that wants everybody involved like, nice. no, like we want you here with us man like, we got heart we got love for the ocean the ocean is for everybody. Nature is for everybody. Yeah. This feeling surfing, it's for everybody. So yeah, making sure that there's no barriers or anything like that. That's like, that's what I apply to it. And that's like, that's, that's how I, I definitely try to live my life and like make sure that I live my working life, my professional life and my, my personal life like that.
0: I would love to see, um, you know, done by the right people in the right spirit, preferably yep. of the the culture i would love to see some native art you know some medicine wheels and things on surfboards, like bringing that that message forward that would be yeah i think
1: i think it's like at that point in time it's like really like as like as white individuals and stuff we can like we can talk about stuff would should that be on boards that people are buying and riding i don't know but definitely as like forms of expression forms of and stuff like that like what i think what you were going for with that too is and like show showing what i would love to do is to shape a board so that someone could come in and then i would give that board to them and be like if you're putting your art on this this board should be for you so that you can demonstrate your works in galleries and places like that i will like put my name on as a shaper for it but really this is your piece this is your art and if you want to express it On this medium that I can give you, that's freaking tight as.
0: No, that's what I think is cool about about shaping boards is you can have these collaborations with artists, right? Definitely, yeah. Definitely, yeah, yeah.
1: No. And I've worked with a bunch of artists before, like, you know, whether it's like a wall mount board or something like that. Cause like a lot of people be like, why would you make a board for like wall mount? It's like, I'm not really actually, I'm making a board that will surf regardless. But if there is a gorgeous piece and that's what the, like the, the person wants for it or like what it's intended for. then yeah, by all means, like do it, do it up. Right um, I'm also not going to lie. I have 5% on my phone. Woo-hoo. All right, man.
0: <laughs> We're wrapping up here. So, Hey, how can people connect with you? Where can they find you?
1: Yeah, man. Uh, hey, hit me up uh, on Instagram, uh, Hidden Village Surfcraft and Designs, or you can find me online, www.hiddenvillagesurfcraftanddesigns.com. Email, same thing, same name. Just look up Vancouver Shaper and you'll right find on. me. Man. We're good. We're And on if the- you're in
0: Vancouver, you're on Main Street, go to the back yeah, of the upholstery man. shop yeah yeah
1: go to the back of the upholstery shop like you know find the secret knock you'll learn it or i'll just probably be out there chilling out listening to music and stuff just holler at your boy that's all right on look for the
0: turtle logo sweet man
1: yeah look for the turtle logo that's right man that's right
0: rosen my friend my five percent battery friend it has been uh, an amazing talking to you man you're keeping the stoke you're inspiring others the boards are sweet, man. Keep the Instagram photos coming. I love seeing those colorful boards you're working on. And Thanks, man. Uh, yeah, man. Just keep the stoke going. Keep doing what you're doing. And I encourage anyone listening, if you're in Vancouver, you want to shape a board, hit up Alex Rosen, otherwise known yeah. as just Rosen or Raisin. Just Rosen.
1: A- yeah <laughs> <laughs> now nah, same to you derek man what you're doing for the community and what you're doing for everything it's amazing i just saw that you had larry's daughters on like recently too in your last guys i think that's awesome you're giving a platform to people so that they can express all this stuff like whether or not they're like you know super into the community or not like those girls are 100 percent so into the oh, community yeah. like that's next that's next level stuff i'm so stoked and um Yeah, man, what you're doing and the opportunity that you give, like, so thankful for it, dude. Right
0: on, man. Mahalo. I appreciate that, dude. And, uh, hey, anybody listening, you know, freshwater surf goods and, uh, you know, Hidden Village, we've talked about collabs, and you you might see some freshwater Hidden Village team-up boards built with the lakes in mind. Yeah,
1: that would be sweet, man. Looking forward to the day
0: with some freshwater designs. So I look forward to that. And uh, dude, yeah, man, it's been great. And I want you to stay stoked. That's all for episode number 15 of Permastoked. I hope you all enjoyed listening or watching that one. Again, I want to say a big mahalo to Alex Rosen for sharing his story with us and being such an awesome guest and really filling us in on the world of shaping and what it's all about. You can learn more about Hidden Village Surfcraft and Design online by visiting www.hiddenvillagesurfcraft.com. You can connect with Rosen on both Facebook and Instagram. He's on Facebook at alex.rosen.3 and on Instagram at surfcraft. And hey, as the podcast rose and I get out there to the surf spots, it's been a pleasure meeting my tribe. I wanna give a shout out to Chris Clunder, Man, it was awesome meeting you dude out at Kincardin Station Beach on Saturday. I know you and I have been talking on Facebook for a while now. Man, it's just so awesome to, to put the face to the name. And I also met uh, someone by the name of Molly at Station Beach. You came up to me in the parking lot and shared with me how awesome you think the podcast is and how it's been really great in you know sharing with your friends and really creating legitimacy around Great Lakes surfing when you're talking to your friends. So I was super stoked to hear that. And I'm glad that it's making a difference. It's really great to hear and uh yeah let us know let us know your feedback guys please your ratings and reviews really let us know how we're doing it really helps us in you know figuring out our direction and and what to offer next so please keep them coming and keep listening and most importantly stay stoked freshies like to give a big mahalo to Mark Malibu and the Wasagas for providing our intro music Hey Chihuahua off their 2009 album Crash Monster Beach and our outro music End of Summer off their 2017 album Return of the Wasagas. For more information visit www.wasagas.com and check them out on Spotify and iTunes. And of course mahalo to all you listeners out there. We are so grateful that you chose to join us for this episode. And we look forward to providing you with even more awesome content in the future. More episodes are definitely on their way. But in the meantime, make sure to go back and listen to our previous episodes. And don't miss an episode ever again. Subscribe on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts from. You can even listen on Spotify or the Alexa app. And you can even watch the show on our YouTube channel. Please let us know how we're doing, leave us a rating and review, and don't forget to share with your family and friends over social media or by spreading the word in the lineup. To learn more about Freshwater Surf Goods and to check out our products and services, visit FreshwaterSurfGoods.com. Sign up for our newsletter so you can stay up to date on new products, new episodes of Permastoke, events, our sup and yoga schedule, and other exciting news. Don't forget to follow us on social media as well you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Freshwater surf Goods. But if you're a part of the surf or sup community or a surfaholic wanting to connect with your tribe and stay informed as to what's happening all across the Great Lakes and Canadian surf scene, then join our Facebook group, the All Canadian Surf and Sup Club. At Freshwater Surf Goods, we are currently in need of artists and graphic designers to help us with new product designs. We need photographers to provide Great Lakes in both East Coast and West Coast surf photography. We need musicians for music on the podcast. Hey, we wanna make this a real community effort and have you all be a part of it. Or if you have an idea for collaboration, would like to recommend a future guest, would like to invite me to an event or book me to teach supper yoga, or if you'd like to carry our products in your store or you're interested in being a sponsor of the show, And for anything else, hit me up on social media or email me at Derek at FreshwaterSurfGoods.com. That's Derek spelled the Viking way. No double R's or C's, just D-E-R-I-K at FreshwaterSurfGoods.com. I look forward to next time and getting to know you all better. In the meantime, I'm your host, Derek Hyatt. Mahalo, freshies. Keep surfing and stay stoked.